welcome in. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful evening. This is the Extra Point Podcast. My name's Gus. That's Will. That's Cody. How are y'all doing tonight, fellas? What is up, man? I am excited for this episode, doing some win totals tonight. I've been looking forward to getting to this point of the the off season. I mean, we don't really like to say that, but I'm really excited about getting to this, man, and uh, excited about this episode. Extra point. Glad y'all brought me back, man. Ready to talk some Pac-12, some West Coast, see what everybody's feeling. Yes, sir. And just before we jump into this, man, hit us. Subscribe on that YouTube. You can watch us over there, too. Share the stream on Facebook. If you if you aren't listening to us right now, you can catch us the next day on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Will's killing it over on a TikTok and Instagram game, too. Man, I am excited about tonight's episode, kind of like y'all were talking about. We're talking Pac-12. I think this is going to be the most exciting conference to watch this season we're going to be tired because we're going to be staying up late watching all of these pac 12 games because i mean there's a bunch of teams that are going to be contending for the playoff probably about four maybe five that are going to be playing in this conference this fall i know we live in sec country and you know we live in the middle of dog country but, yeah, but man, dude, the Pac-12 has really improved. Guys, watch the Pac-12 this year. They're going to be fun to watch. I hope ESPN kind of does what they did last year, let the East Coast see them a little more, have mm-hmm. their games played, you know, maybe around 7.30ish or so. Because uh, like Gus kind of said, um, this is a top-heavy conference, but those yes. top teams are going to be fun to watch, man. And this is – First time in a while that the Pac-12 has been, you know, this this much fun, man. And I'm glad that they're kind of getting to being more competitive and they have teams that can compete with about anybody. I mean, th- this is the funnest that the Pac-12 is going to be to watch since when? Dude, probably first time that we've had this many teams in the Pac-12 since I've been watching college football. You know, they've always had two or three, but and they've never really – it's been a while since they've had somebody that could compete with the big boys, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I think they kind of got that, you know, I don't know if they, some of them can compete with Georgia or nothing, but man, they can, a lot of them could, you know, could compete in the big 10, the SEC, uh, most of the SEC teams, but uh, man, they're definitely exciting for sure. Cody, t- t- tell us why you're excited to watch the Pac-12 this year. <clears throat> Y'all hit on a lot of, a lot of it. Uh, I think it's just, the amount of talent that's over there now, you know, and kind of some of the big stars that we're getting, you know, with Lincoln Riley being at USC and, you know, yes. Oregon's always going to be Oregon, but now you got, um, you know, Colorado, everybody's kind of looking at Colorado and just the quarterbacks over there, man, is what I'm excited for. The quarterback play looks like it could be, you know, from top to bottom, maybe the best in the conference of, of any conference. So that's going to be exciting to watch. I think they will have the best quarterback play out of all of the conferences just because they're bringing so many quarterbacks back. Yeah. Like well, they're you got bringing three guys that can really compete for the Heisman, too. So. Right. <clears throat> Man, and their, their conference has the best quarterbacks, and it's not even close. I mean, overall, from top to bottom. I mean, if yeah, you look at bottom, it, no doubt. I mean, it's not even close to me. 
and I'm, I mean, half of the conference has a win total of eight and a half or higher. I don't think there's any other conference that's like that. I mean, it's wide open, dude. Yeah. I mean, so we can just start with the first team, yeah. the conference favorite. It's got to be, it's got to be USA. And they open up at nine and a half. Some some places you can get it at ten, but we're just going with nine and a half because that makes it just a little bit more difficult. Man, kind of looking at their schedule here, they open up with a pretty easy slate. I mean, they open up with San Jose State win. They then they go to Nevada win. Stanford win off week. They're they're at Arizona State should should be a win at Colorado should be a win Arizona at home should be a win so the first half of their schedule they should be six and zero. not really that much time shouldn't spend that much time on that but the back half of this schedule y'all it is ridiculous as you can see on the screen they're going to Notre Dame Utah at home at Cal Washington at home at Oregon UCLA at home what do y'all think is gonna happen for usc this year man because nine and a half with this schedule it it kind of feels like the right number yeah it's it's pretty close um obviously you kind of mentioned usc is gonna be the favorite probably for everybody going into this year mainly because they brought back the heisman trophy winner and caleb williams and they're Um, loaded they're yeah they're loaded um, they brought in a transfer, Darian Singer, um, Singer from uh, Arizona. He was second in receiving in the Pac-12 last year. Um, he's going to be huge for them. My biggest question mark for them is their defense. Right. And that's pretty much going to be – this. we're going to talk about the same thing for almost every team pretty much is their defense. Can they find depth and can their defensive line improve, Right. And I see that game October 21st. I have it circled to Utah. Can they get over that Utah slump? I think they do it this year. Um, I got them going over, but they will slip up once, maybe twice in that in that little uh, games right there, that second half of their schedule. I think it's probably once, but I'm going to hit the over at 10-2 and two or 11-1. and one. Yeah, for me um... – I'm going to take the over two. Um, the Trojans don't lack much on offense, obviously. You know, they get Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina, you know, their best running back. You get Kyle Ford from UCLA. That's yes. one of their best um, receivers. You get Michael Tarquin from UF. That was one of our best linemen um, as a Florida fan. Um, offense, just like you spoke on, is is nothing that we worry about with any of these teams. I do think, you know, with every single one of these teams, you know, we talked about how dominant those quarterbacks are and how good the quarterback play is going to be and how we want to watch quarterbacks, this, that, and other. It's going to matter on how healthy they stay, you know, wh- which quarterback can stay healthy. Obviously, they're going to lean on Caleb Williams to, to be that guy. Um, as long as he stays healthy, I think they can definitely hit 10-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Um, The problem, like you said, is which, which team is going to show up on defense because you can't outscore everybody. So – Alex Grinch, you know, he goes into this season knowing that he's kind of on a hot seat. I mean, he gave up almost 30 last year. <clears throat> he's got some some uh, big-time guys coming back. I mean, he's got eight starters coming back, and then, mm-hmm. you know, he got Bear Alexander from uh, UGA. 
And then he got uh, Figgins from Bama, which is a good DB. So I, th- I think they will be improved, and I think they'll be extremely good. I do think um, – I agree with you, Will, that they beat Utah. Um, I just don't know if they're my, my Pac-12 champ, but they will be really good. They're not mine. They might not be mine either. I haven't quite made up my mind, but I'm going over with USC as well, kind of for all the same reasons that y'all said. I do think they got more depth in the defensive front seven, specifically on on the defensive line in the portal. I mean, they're probably their most talented guy, of course. You kind of spoke on him, Cody Bear, Alexander from Georgia, but can he be the guy? Like, can he be like their premier guy? Can he be a three-down guy? Does he have to come out? Does he have to rotate often? That's just something that we'll have to see. But I have USC going over, too. Yeah, and speaking on Bear, just real quick, um, they don't make them type of guys out there out west. You know, he he didn't lack talent with UGA. It was more kind of uh, toxic, you know, toxic in the locker room type when when you talk to guys. So as long as he can keep his head on straight, I think he will be be a good – um dl for him so we'll see moving up the west coast we're gonna go to oregon next they have a win total of nine and a half over under nine and a half man i think this could be a really good team next season but they don't have the easiest of schedules. Of course, they open with Portland State at Texas Tech week two. That's a tough game. Then it kind of gets a little bit easier with Hawaii, Colorado at Stanford. Then they kind of get into the meat of it at Washington, Washington State at home at Utah, Cal, USC at Arizona State and closing the season out with Oregon State in the Civil War. Cody, what do you think of the Ducks going into 23. I think if you're looking at a team, man, I've got two that I'm, I'm really high on and Oregon's one of them. Uh, I'm a believer in Bo Nix. I know a lot of people around here may not be. um, And, you know, maybe, maybe some laugh at him, but I think he is a really serviceable quarterback. Um, Big, the biggest thing with me for them is can they replace their O line? Cause they lost four starters. Um, Mm -hmm. I know Bo's mobile, so that's not always, you know, something to look at. But it it is when you talk football, you talk the line. So I do worry with that. Um, they got a tight end from uh, Ole Miss and Casey Kelly. They got Bryant Jr. from USC. Like, they've got talent offensively. So I just wonder, you know, how that line holds up. And then on the defense, uh, they gave up 27.4 last year. You know, how can they improve there? They lost – a really stud linebacker in a really good corner um, and Noah Sewell and Christian Gonzalez. So I know those guys are going to be missed, but when you, when you talk in all these offensive teams, there's not too many defensive minded coaches that are around and, and they actually have one. So I think that will play to their advantage. Uh, schedule is tough, but I think, you know, we kind of mentioned all these teams are going to be kind of fighting each other and it's oh, going to yeah. be a matter of, of, you know, who, who can show up, you know, whether it be at home or on the road. And I I would like to think Bo Nix has enough experience to get you where you want to go, you know. I think they have to defend Autzit Stadium and then split the games on the road at Utah and at Washington. And if 
I think if they can split those two games, then I think they could go over as well at nine and a half. So I could see them. I could see them going ten and two, and I think their defense, uh, specifically their front seven, kind of like you were touching on, someone's got to show up, play, show up and play on the defensive side of the ball, and I think it's going to be Oregon. Well, I kind of know you're high on Oregon this year too. Yeah, I drafted Bo Nix in our QB um, draft earlier uh, a few weeks ago, man. Totally. Um, <clears throat> let me say this. Dan Lanning has the blueprint of how to have a really great defense. Yeah. Um, he started out as his career at Alabama, went to Georgia, um, kind of helped them win their first national championship there as the defensive coordinator. So he has the blueprint. He knows how to get good defenses. Man, dude, they got to get better on third down. They were 123rd in the nation last year on third down defense. Yeah, that's terrible, right? So, if their front seven, Gus, you mentioned them, can get better, get to these quarterbacks, get pressure on them, and get off the field on third down, man, this team could be really good. I agree with you, Gus. If they can split those two, Utah is a tough team to play at home, but Washington's one of their biggest rivals at Washington. These two teams do not like each other at all. Huge rivals. It's such a tough environment up there. Man, the way Washington has their stadium built, the sound just stays in the stadium. It doesn't well, leave. It's, well, it's but but it's but it's because they have those awnings yeah. up yeah. up over and it just holds everything in and it just reverberates. Kind of so, illegal, but I mean you have to do it because it rains so much up there. It works, man. But um Bo Nix, the offense, I'm not really worried about them. I know the offensive line kind of worries me replacing four uh four starters, but man, Bo Nix has so much experience, man. He came back this year because he says he loves college football so much. And I don't um, blame him. Yeah. He said the NFL can wait another year. So I'm going over right here. Um team will be in the Pac 12 championship game. Number first that night. I think this yeah. team can do some big things. And also, don't forget, you know, speaking on Oregon, typically USC and Oregon are kind of high up on the recruiting ranks when it comes to mm. Pac-12. And with UCLA and USC leaving, Dan Lanning's already a good recruiter. So if he can keep them guys coming in, he can really um, keep that program doing well. And, you know, you spoke on the, the blueprint. So he's got – Everything he needs, I feel like, and this would be a great year to to kind of prove it. I know they UGA finished. fans have that game in their mind, but they're they're a lot better than they played against the yeah. best team in college football. They finished top ten in recruiting this past cycle, so um, if they, they finished, can keep, I think they finished ninth. Yeah, if they can keep that momentum up, man, and they can like kind of steal these SEC players in the portal, dude, man, they're going to be a really good team and. If they can find them a replacement for Bo Nix after this year, dude, they're going – I mean, they will go in the right direction. Yep. And, Will, kind of jumping up to a team that you mentioned just a second ago, Washington Huskies, they are also at nine and a half. Man, the, these top three teams, it's so <clears throat> tough to kind of uh, be able to discern like who's going over and who's going under. But I picked Michael Penix for a reason because I think Washington's going over. They have a very cush start to the schedule. They have, they have, they have um, 
they have Boise State at home, Tulsa at home. They're at Michigan State. That should be a dub. They got Cal at home. They're at Arizona. Then they kind of get into the meat. That game, Oregon at home is crucial. Arizona State at Stanford, at USC, Utah, at Oregon State, and then the Apple Cup at home against Washington State. That last four games is brutal. Absolutely brutal. What do y'all think about Washington? Um, I like them. Um, I know I don't like them as much as you guys, but um, <laughs> I like them a lot. I think they're going to be really good this year. Again, this is just one of those teams – their offense is going to be really good. Can they play some defense? And they really don't have to play any defense until uh, the October 14th Oregon. against Oregon. Yeah, so they don't need the defense to show up until they play Oregon. Um, I got this team going over. I think you got the Heisman Trophy contender, Michael Penix. They brought back two really good receivers that have 1,000 yards last year, and you just don't see that that much, two receivers to have 1,000 yards. Almost three. Yeah, almost, almost three. three. Man, um, they're going to go over, but barely. barely. Over, but barely. So, you have them at 10 and 2. Cody, I know you're high on the Huskies like me. What do you got? Yeah, so, <clears throat> like you mentioned, I am high on them. Uh, Michael Penix is a straight-up stud, dude. He's really good. Uh, they did lose three interior O-lines, so I wonder about that. Um but and I hate to say this, out of the last three we've talked about, <clears throat> this is the one that I kind of worry most about the defense um, because I yeah. think UCLA has some some guys that they can, you know, really lean on. I think Oregon's probably got the the best defense in the Pac-12, and then you've got Washington, who is dynamic offensively, but I just don't trust their defense. Um, but I think the schedule lines up fairly good for them to take the over and. I may be drinking too much of the Kool-Aid, but I, I think, you know, when you have Michael Penix, you can do a lot. So oh, um, it's just one of those things. Like they got a few games to kind of figure it out. Hopefully they can. Um, I'd like to see them go really far, man. I, I'd like to see them do something, shake it up some. And uh, they they allowed 29.1 last year in Pac-12 games, so that's going to have to get better. I mean, you can't oh, yeah. can't give up 30 and expect to, to win. So they got a couple in the um, – in the portal, you know, they got the Oklahoma State transfer, uh, Muhammad at corner. He's really good. I just – I worry about the defense, but I will go over. I mean, so we already know that the Oregon game, the USC game, the Utah game, and the Oregon State game, those are kind of the must-wins. What game on here do you think could be kind of like a slip-up game? Hmm. I think for me, it's late. I think it's the the Washington State, mm -hmm. which is weird to say, but it's just one of those games that I feel like, you know, they're already going to be kind of beat up going through that that stretch, and yeah. you know, kind of where are they going to be at? Or are they kind of out of the playoff shot? Like, you know, it's just going to be a weird game, and Washington State could could give them some trouble if if they're not yeah. if they don't have their heads right. You know, I think it's at Oregon State. Yeah, uh, uh, going up to Oregon State, man, is 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 starting to turn into a little fun place to play. Um, 
I just think that late in the year, you're coming off Utah, USC and Utah, and you could probably maybe overlook them a little bit, thinking, mm -hmm. man, especially if you win one of, the, one of those games, you could maybe overlook them a little bit. Um, I think that Oregon State game is a little tricky, and it's late in the year, man. You just got to be careful for those away games like that. Yeah. I feel like Gus's game may be a little earlier in the season, though. Oh, Cody, you already know the one that I'm probably looking at. <laughs> I didn't pick them just because of that. You know that I think it's at Arizona. I think it's at Arizona just because whenever you look at Washington last season, they did kind of struggle on the road. They lost at Arizona State, I think, last season, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so, I mean, they're heading Oof. back down to Arizona. I sure, mean, Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> He isn't my Heisman Trophy winner, but he was my first overall pick. But, I mean, just going into Arizona, it'll probably be a night game. It it isn't the week before you play Oregon. It's the game before they play Oregon, their first real big true test of the season. So they might kind of be sleeping on Arizona. They might be looking ahead to Oregon. And I don't necessarily 100% trust them on the road. So I think if they slip up anywhere with – a game that they should win it's probably going to be at arizona man moving on a Ooh. team that has kind of has shocked people the past two seasons just because the way they started was so poor but then they turn it on at the end of the season the back to back pack 12 champions the utah utes we we saw them open the season in 2021, I mean, in 2020, in 2022, we saw them open at Florida. Their over-under for this season, though, 23, is eight and a half wins. Will, you're high on the Utes. Tell me about them. Yeah, man, this is an, this is probably another team that you can say that knows how to play defense in the Pac-12. Not a lot of them do, but this is one of them. Um, they brought back a lot of guys. They feel really good about their defense, returning majority of their starters. Um, I think their biggest question mark is Cam Rising, right? Um, he tore his ACL in the um, Rose Bowl game. Um, he's about two-thirds of the way through with his um, rehab. So they feel really good about him coming back for that Florida game. But – if he can't, maybe maybe doesn't make it back, maybe tweak something in camp, they feel really good about Brandon Rhodes, right? So this will be a heavy run offense this year, just like last year. Yeah. Um, they feel really good about it. So obviously this offense is going to be quarterback friendly. Um, they have a kid um, I've told you all about. His name's Nick Johnson. He's a dual threat, and he has some speed, man. He runs a 100-meter in about 10.4 seconds. That's fast for um, QB. Yes, that is. If he gets around the corner, he's gone. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a package, some type of package where he comes in the game and they run, they try to run him and they try to get him in the space. Um, I feel really good about Utah. Um, their schedule is kind of tough it's in the second in the, in the second half of the year. Um Man, they play a lot of Power Five teams this year. Tons. Um, unfortunately, I think they might beat my Gators to start the year, but I got them going over. 
but barely. Nine and three, I think, is their what they're probably going to finish. Um, I think USC beats them. Um, UCLA is going to be tough for them at Washington. Is probably going to be the game that gets them to that third loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nine and three, ten to two, um, is what I'm looking at for them. I, I'm going to go over. I don't know if they're going to uh, be in the Pac-12 championship again this year or not. Uh, but again, their defense can take them there. And if Cam Rising plays, man, they could definitely make it back. Man, I really know we have a big differing of opinions on this. Just just because of the schedule, I'm going Utes under eight and a half. Because just looking at the start of the schedule, Florida, then they are at Baylor, then they got Weber State. UCLA at home at Oregon State, then they have an off week. They could start one and four. It is not out of the realm of possibility for them to start one and four. Yeah. Um, Dude, just them playing at home, though, they're just really strong at home. It's just hard. They just don't lose there. They are 19 and 0 at home in the past three seasons. So just. So just ridiculous stuff, and and then they have to play at USC. They get Oregon at home there, and then they are at they're at Washington. So the, those are just some of the big games. But I mean, this schedule is just so so tough. Cody, are you over or are you under eight and a half for Utah? So I'm going to take the under with Utah and. I want to say I was higher on them last year. I wasn't one of those that was kind of overlooking them. I did actually bet on Utah to beat um, USC. Uh, This year, I just don't feel as good about them, man. You you spoke on the schedule. Their hardest games are are away. They are really good at home, but they're also really poor starting out. I mean, that's just just a known fact. The last few years, they just don't start good. So – I'd like to have a little faith in the Gators and think that they may they may run into some trouble there. Um, but, you know, you spoke on those – the first two games are, are tough as it is when you think that you don't even have your star quarterback with, you know, how's his ACL doing. And, you know, he's kind of more mobile. You know, he, he's not the fastest dude in the world, but he is one of the mobile guys. So, yes. I think that's going to hurt him a lot. And, um, you know, you spoke on the defense, Will. They, they got eight guys coming back. It's going to be – between them and Oregon, who's got the best defense in the Pac-12, um, Morgan Scaley's not—I mean, he's—he's he's not, you know, staying up at night wondering how he's going to deal with those defensive guys. So, um, I know they lost a, a corner in Clark Phillips, a third, and a safety in uh, R.J. Hubert. That, that those two guys won't be easy to replace. But when you got a guys coming back, I think you know you don't worry too much defensive wise. Um, but because they're going to be kind of so one-dimensional, I mean, you're pretty much running the ball, right? They're, they're yeah, only going to yeah. run the ball. The, the, I think they that hurts don't a have bit. a lot on the perimeter. They they really don't. They're probably their best offensive player besides Cam Rising. Dalton Kincaid got drafted last year, and then they got Brent Keithy coming back. But besides him, I mean, that's yeah. really their only weapon out wide. So well, kind of having Cam Rising coming off of that ACL, him not being able to run as well. Got, I mean, They got a kid named Devin Bailey that's coming back. Um, he had a really good year. 
he was his first five games were really good. Um, then he kind of got hurt. Um, I mean, he he had over 100 yards against Florida last year. So um, it, the wide receiver group is definitely the weakest part of their offense. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they can get the throwing game, the passing game involved, and develop it. Well, you know, and and we talked about it, Will. We've talked about it before. Just kind of, you know, getting ourselves ready for that game is like if we're if we're on the Florida sideline, you're manning up and just begging them to to beat you throwing. Because and I, yeah. I feel like that's what's going to hurt them is you've got some of these teams in the Pac-12 that can light you up, and. Yep. If you can't hang with them, yeah, the defense is good, and hopefully you can slow them down. But let's be honest, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, um, Caleb Williams, they're going to get theirs no matter how good the defense is. So yes. I just think with them being so one-sided, I'm, I'm going to go under with them. And, you know, I'll take my chances. Yeah. And, I mean, I hate having to go under on the back-to-back champs, but you do what you got to do. And this this was a team I was surprised had a win total of, of eight and a half. The Beavers. I am surprised that Oregon State had a win total of eight and a half. Man, <laughs> we have a little ad pop up. <laughs> Man, but this is tough. That they were a surprise team last season. They they had one of their best years overall, ten and three. If you count the bowl win over Florida, we aren't going to spend too much time on that. We don't. But, that. Yeah. but I think, I mean, I think this is a pretty tough schedule. They do dodge USC, but they get the other top dogs in the Pac twelve. And just because they had so much success last year, I I think they'll kind of come back down to earth this season. <laughs> Give me the under on Oregon State. Just because there's uncertainty in the QB room, too. They brought DJ Ewan from Clemson. They have freshman Aiden Childs. And they don't know who the QB is coming out of spring. So, man, give me the under on the beads. <laughs> Man, I like Jonathan Smith as the head coach. I think he's done yes. a great job with them. Um, you know, he's made Oregon State a little bit relevant, like yeah. where people are kind of talking about him. Um, Gus, I'm with you, man. I'm with the under right here. I'm just not on the hype train. Uh, me and Cody have talked about this. Somehow Florida gets people more hype than they deserve when you can beat us somehow. So I apologize. Everybody, everybody hates that. us. That's why. Yeah. Um, but I'm going under. I think the schedule's a little too tough. Um, playing, you know, Utah, Washington, Oregon. Um, I think they'll slip up in a few other spots. So I'm the under on the beads. So for me, first off, okay, I'm, I may – some of the things I say is not like because they beat the crap out of the Gators in a, a bowl game that didn't matter. Um, I'd like to think – DJU is going to be a good quarterback for them. I do think he he comes out and and wins the job. I, I got high hopes for him. I, I hope he you know kind of takes that clean slate and does good with his team, you know, and finds his own path. You know, makes a new name for himself. But the team in general, I just don't I don't like it enough. Um, you know, they they lost some guys. Uh, T. John Lindsey, uh, Treshawn Harrison, um, 
what was there uh, Luke Musgrave, the tight end they had, all of them guys went to the NFL. So, you know, that's that's a lot of talent on the offensive side you're losing. Um, you know, they they lost a tight end in the portal. They got a tight end from Cal, Jermaine Terry. Um, I just – I worry with them, man. You know, the defense is going to be improved. Trent Bray is, is, is doing a good job over there. But he lost their best linebacker, Omar Spates, to, to LSU. That that's a stud there that, that they lost. Um, and they got to replace three starters. Um uh they lost Wright and Grant. So with the names that they're losing, I think, you know, especially for the common fan or the common watcher, the last game in your mind is always kind of fresh for you. And I think a lot of people think, you know, they see that game and they like, oh, they killed that Florida team. And I, I we're not going to talk on it. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, ramble on it. But I think well, Florida didn't want to be there. Well, it's not just that. I think when you have a game like that, where your where your numbers inflate so high when mm-hmm. they the, when they aren't supposed to, I think it kind of throws your trajectory off when it comes to stats. And when you're looking at the next season, you, you only have last season to go off of. So I think that right. hurts it. And I say all that to say I just don't with the with the pieces they've lost and the the teams that are out there other than them i just don't trust them man i don't don't trust that team enough the only thing that they have going their way is three of their four biggest games are at home with utah ucla and washington all being in corvallis and then of course they go to oregon to um in the year for the civil war but the schedule is not bad at all i mean no but do you kind of think that teams will kind of adjust to the way that they play and kind of like we said um, with Utah, just kind of load the box and say like, Hey, like we're going to force you to let DJU or freshman Childs beat us throwing the ball down the field and then just kind of pick your poison. I think with them, man, Oregon State is one of those teams that you're going to see. They're going to beat somebody they're not supposed to, but they're going to lose to somebody they're not supposed to. That's just how these type of teams go that it feels like. And, you know, you spoke about loading the box and stuff. DJU is good, man. I'm kind of higher on him than others, but, like, if he can't get it done at Clemson, you can make a strong case to say, well, you can't – you definitely can't get it done at Oregon State. You know what I mean? Especially after losing the talent they did to the NFL. What do you think, Will? I'm not a big DJU guy. I mean, I don't – I mean, if you – again, like you kind of just mentioned the Clemson deal. Like, I don't know if he's – I just don't know if Clemson was the right fit for him. Maybe this is the right fit for him. Maybe their offense will help him out. Maybe it will be kind of simplified for him. Yeah. Maybe he'll have a better year, but I kind of agree with you. I just – man, I, I wouldn't watch the end of last year and just assume that they're going to be just as good or better than – um again if Oregon's defense was this like just this much better they would have lost that game um if yeah. the full Florida team would have showed up the we probably would have beat them in the bowl game um so not a big believer in the beavers um think they will have an okay record but I'm still under for them all right that oh that does not conclude the teams that have win totals of eight and a half or better. We have one more. That's just how stacked the top of this conference is. My dark horse contender, the UCL 
a Bruins. I'm excited about this team going into 2023. I think Chip Kelly has kind of been able to maneuver and manipulate the portal that is super beneficial to them because he's not a big recruiter. So he's really able to go and pick and choose guys out of the portal that he really likes. And that's what he's done the past couple of years. And I think they're going over. I really, really do. Cause they start with coastal Carolina. They're at San Diego state NC central to start the season with the non-con. They, they should be three and O then they have, Early season test week four at Utah. That's going to be a really fun game. Then, of course, they have the bye week. Washington State at Oregon State at Stanford, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. Pretty easy stretch right there. And then they end the season at USC and then Cal. They dodge Oregon and they dodge Washington with this schedule there's no reason in my eyes with all the additions that they've added through the portal that they shouldn't go 10 and 2 so i'm hammering if if i was a betting man this would be one of my bets you say that's an easy stretch but dude they're going to be in the middle of a seven game stretch yeah seven games I don't care what the what conference you're in. That is tough on your body. And yeah. you might be coming off of a super physical game. And you might be coming off like a game you probably struggled on a little bit. And you maybe come out with a win and somebody might shock you like Arizona. Yeah. Um, but I'm big on Chip Kelly and them too this year. Um, interesting to see who they pick at quarterback. Um, they do have a freshman in Dante Moore. Um, if it was me, that's who I would pick. I would go with him. I think he's going to be a stud. He is a Chip Kelly quarterback. I mean, if Chip Kelly had to pick one out, that's what he would look like. That's what he would play like. Um, one of their biggest question marks for me, though, the offense that kind of scares me a little bit is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And when your offensive line are the biggest question marks, uh, man, you you might struggle a little bit. Uh, but their schedule does benefit them a lot. You mentioned they don't play Oregon or they don't play Washington, which is huge. Yes. Um, they brought in a new defensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens. You know, last year they had a weird year on defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Their defensive coordinator had to leave in the middle of the year, um, which was kind of weird, and they had to get, like, a defensive analyst to call the plays for them. So to have, you know, some familiarity with the defense this year, um, I think will help them out. I don't think they'll be, like, a great or anything, but I think they'll be better. Um, their pass rush is probably going to be their biggest question mark. If they can get their defensive line going and they can call some pressure with just those four guys, man, I could see this team going over. And I got them going over barely with nine wins. Barely. Nine wins. Mm. UCLA will be improved from last year to this year. I like Chip Kelly a lot, too. I'm going to have to disagree with both of you on this one. I, You're hitting the under? I, I'm hitting the under hard on, on UCLA. Who are they losing um, to? Well, everybody. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're going 12. So, Again, no, that so, game stretch is tough. Yeah. I don't yeah. care well, who you so here. Here's the thing for UCLA for me. It, it's not the schedule. You, you know, you spoke on how easy the schedule is. Not that's not it. So, but I have question marks everywhere, man. You, you talked on the quarterback, so we don't even know who the quarterback is. Yeah, Dante Moore's an 
he's going to be a straight up guy you want. It's a household name. He's going to be really good. Is he ready? We don't know. You know, they got that uh, Kent State transfer, Colin Slee, and the junior, uh, Ethan Gabers. They're, they're all kind of fighting for that spot. Who knows who comes out? So you got you got quarterback questions. You already mentioned the OL. They, they're, they're wondering, you know, how are we replacing these three guys? They get an OL from Colorado that was really good, but you still don't know, you know. Um, so there, there's questions on the offense. There's questions at the defense. You talked about uh, DeAnton Lynn, the, the new coordinator. Is he going to be anything like Bill McGrovin? We don't know. I mean, they it's a new D.C. How are they going to call things? I, I worry with that. Um, the secondary gave up 25 passing scores last year. So, That's you a know, lot. This, so you, you were talking on the D.L. Like the, the secondary is kind of rough, too. So well, your D.L. They got a, can help your secondary. It can. And they got a guy from Oregon, that uh, Keanu Williams, that he's I mean, he's pretty good, but the, they didn't replace the they didn't replace the DBs good enough for me. I mean, they got a guy from Bowling Green that I'm not high on. Um, so I worry with the offense and defense with him. So it's really, I like Chip Kelly. I think he knows how to win. But you know, when we're talking um, home and aways and who's playing what, let's not forget that they don't have a good uh, home field advantage either. Like those they fans probably come yeah. to the game. It's they terrible. don't. Yeah, it's like they, so. You know, if they start struggling, that's why I say that. If they start struggling, man, it, it could be one of those kind of give up. Not, not. You know, how, how do they adapt to losing type deals? And I, I worry that Chip Kelly's not one that can kind of make you want to run through a wall. So, yeah. with all that going on, that's the reason I take the under with them. Well, man. I'll say this: this is one way they feel about it, dude. They feel really good about their skill positions. That this is like the the best they've been at skill positions in a very long time. Specifically, wide receiver. Yeah, specifically wide receiver. So, I th- but not your quarterback. Well, I mean, they they I, have a very good problem at quarterback that a lot of teams yeah. wish they had. I mean, it, do we know how Dante Moore is going to play? I mean, he's a freshman. We don't know exactly how he'll play, but I would rather have him than a bunch of other options that a bunch of other teams have. But you don't know just just because he he is a true freshman, and it all does kind of hinge on the quarterback play. It's like I mean, can, look at Kay Clubnick last year, dude. He up. was highly rated, and look how he looked. I mean, he didn't look like no top tier guy either, and he had but, he has all the talent. But he had a what a bunch of people would call an incompetent offensive coordinator in Streeter calling the plays. And I, w- and I would not call Chip Kelly incompetent. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. So, I mean, I am going over. Will's going over. Cody is going under. So that's kind of the upper echelon of the pack 12. Now we're kind of getting down in the muck. We're getting down in the weeds. We're getting teams that are fighting tooth and nail to just make a bowl game. The next team we're breaking down, the Washington State Cougars. Six and a half is their over under for the 2023 season. It's kind of a weird schedule. They are at Colorado State to open the season. I don't know why as a power five team, you would go on the road to a G five team to open the season, but that's just my opinion. Then they get Wisconsin at home. They beat Wisconsin last year, but I think Luke fickle squad's going to be ready to play. 
They get Northern Colorado, Oregon State at home off week. They're at UCLA, Arizona at home, at Oregon, at Arizona State, Stanford at home, Cal away, Colorado at home, and then they finish the season in the Apple Cup at Washington. This is this line is about perfect for Washington State. I kind of wish it was at six so I could just pick a side and it would push when they get six. But I'm going under. This seems like a six and six team that plays in the Heineke Car Care Bowl <laughs> three days after the new year. I'm going six and six. They do have a dynamic quarterback at Cam Ward, but he was up and down at some times last season. Man, they're not ultra talented. I'm just going under. I mean, they, yeah, I'm going under. <laughs> Dude, I, I see seven wins on this schedule. I mean, but, but it's, it's so close, though. Yeah. But, man, they play Colorado late. Dude, that's going to be the game. I think that can get them to seven. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna go the over for them, and it's gonna be like seven and five, like this much. Yeah, like this much. I think they're going, they're gonna be okay. I mean, they're going to be, they're going fight and claw to get to those seven wins. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I would hate. I wouldn't sleep on them. Like you definitely need to be prepared when going in there to play Washington State. But uh, you just kind of hit the nail on the head, Gus. But I'm gonna go over, but barely. Yeah, so I'm going to sleep on Washington State. Will I'm going to take the under with them, and for a few different reasons. You know, you talked about Cam Ward; he's really good. However, the O line and the receiving group is not good. So, um, they do have a new OC, Ben Arkerbuckle. Uh, he takes the field in Pullman. So, they gave up 46 sacks last year, and they lost their uh, left tackle to transfer Porter. So uh, he went to USC. So. They they lose their tackle. Their line was already bad, and they lost their top four receivers statistically last year. Oh, so you, you've got brand new receivers. Um, offense big question mark. Cam is good, but he he's not good enough. He's not one of those guys that can can put the team on his back type deal. So I worry with that offense. And then the defense suffered. They lost players at, at every position. So the linebacker group, uh, Coach Dickert, he, he's. He lost a guy in Henley who had 106 tackles last year. So that's going to be one that he's trying to find. They did get some transfers, um, but they also lost some guys to, to good schools. So I think some of their top-tier talent uh, kind of left. So yeah, I worry about offense and defense with them. I, I would take the under. They're, like Gus spoke, he's, they're probably like a 6-6 six and six maybe. Um, There's too many questions for me for them, man. So you were saying seven games, Will. So let's say at Colorado State, Northern Colorado, Dubs. And I mean, then you got the Wisconsin game. That's going to be a tough game. And then you got the Oregon State game. I mean, they maybe could beat uh, Oregon State. They maybe could uh, beat them. I maybe, uh, yeah, I, read, uh, I definitely didn't count that right. That is six <laughs> wins. Max, that is an under. <laughs> Please recant my statement. When you have OL oh. problems and four, you're missing four wide receivers. It's going to be that's, hard to score in this. That's, 
that's just tough. And and I mean, then they're at they're at they're at UCLA. Oh, never mind, never mind. There is possible for seven wins. So you got at Colorado State, Northern Colorado, Arizona, at Arizona State, Stanford, Cal, Colorado. Those are your chance for your seven. Yeah. I think it really comes down to the two Arizona schools and then Yeah, California. they're gonna have to go two and oh in those school those games. I mean yeah. they get the seven. If you don't if you split those, you're gonna be at six and possibly five because you mm-hmm. I mean Colorado is probably gonna have more talent than them. So probably. I mean, so I mean, you could there's a chance. Obviously, those are the seven games. I mean, they're these are all the bottom of the Pac-12 schools. Um, but and it's yeah. gonna be dirty and grimy at the bottom yeah. of the Pac-12, and it's and and it'll just kind of be who's left standing when the dust settles. Yeah, man, and just one of the teams we were just talking about going down the road to the Cal Golden. Bears over under for 2023 is five and a half. What do y'all think about Cal? It's a tough line. It's a really, really tough line for Cal. This one was really tough for me to pick. Um, Cody, go speak on Cal. Uh, So with Cal, I'm going to take the over. I kind of believe in Cal just a hair. Schedule's a little bit tough for them. They got a new play caller in Jake uh, Spivital, I think that's how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got eight starters back on the offensive side, and they got the TCU transfer, uh, Sam Jackson. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the quarterback for them. Uh, they lost a, uh, a tackle, excuse me, an offensive tackle to the portal, but they got one from Stanford that's better in Barrett Miller, in my opinion. And they also got one from uh, Texas A&M in Matthew Wilkoff. So, um, they got a wide receiver from Washington. I think they have enough talent offensively to be to be kind of sneaky. Um, defense is, is can be can be better. I think um, Justin Wilcox is over there. They allow five point three um, in twenty one, and then last fall it went to five point eight three. So I'm kind of curious, you know, how it goes. But he's got ten guys coming back, so he lost a safety and a and a linebacker technically. Um, but they got a corner from Mizzou that's coming in. He's pretty good. And they also got a corner from uh, San Diego State and Patrick Morrison. He's he's all right. So I think just the uh, experience alone for both offense and the defense will be enough to to get enough for them. It'll be a team that, that it, they're going to sneak somebody. I think they're going under because they play a brutal schedule. That's what I was about to say. Their schedule does yeah. them no favors. Man, I'm going under, barely under, though. They're going to have, like, five wins. But, Cody, you are right. They might sneak somebody and get that six win. I mean – But I'm going under at five wins. This was one of the toughest lines just because, just just like you were just saying, Cody, they bring in so much talent from the portal. They they had one of the sneaky good portal classes from from this last cycle. I mean this this schedule. I would not wish this schedule on anybody because they get Auburn in the non-con. Then they get Washington. They get Oregon State. They get Utah. They get USC, Oregon, and UCLA. Just look at that five-week schedule. Where they could it's, lose five in a row. 
dude, yes. I mean, just absolute slobber knocker of a schedule. I mean, just awful. Absolutely terrible. So I'm going that the schedule reigns supreme here and the schedule makes them go under, but they could very easily go over too. Man, and now we're kind of getting into the bottom tier of the Pac-12. Really getting in the weeds here. Breaking down <laughs> Arizona State Sun Devils. New coach Kenny Dillingham was the offensive coordinator of Oregon last season. Takes the head coaching job at Arizona State. They fired Herm Edwards after an abysmal season. Fired him on the field, essentially with a lot of poor performances and kind of the recruiting scandals that were going on. It's, it's just not a good situation at Arizona state. They bring in drew pine quarterback from Notre Dame. They sign. Oh man. Jaden, Jaden Rashada almost went away from (laughs) me there. I mean, I'm going under just because they have a tough schedule with the non-con with Oklahoma State and Fresno. I mean, it's just gonna take a it's just gonna take a while for them to flip flip this roster and flip flip this culture. I think that Kenny Dillingham, the prodigal son coming back home to Arizona State, could eventually get it done, but not this season. I'm going under four and a half for the Sun Devils. Yeah, I'm going under as well. Just not enough talent there right now. They kind of got a dumpster fire there. They need all the fire extinguishers they can get um, to get that thing restarted and get it going again. Schedule's just a little too tough for me to even try to get five wins. I don't see it. Um, So I'm going under. I'm going under just because what Jaden Rosada did to my team. But (laughs) I'm just kidding. Screw you, Um, Jaden. Yeah, no, I think Kenny Kenny Dillingham can recruit well. I'm not sure X's and O's guys how he'll do at head coaching. I mean, obviously he was a good OC. Um, They got five back on the offense. Uh, You mentioned Drew Pine and and Jaden Rashada, so who's going to be the dude? We don't know. Um, But either way, they're still missing guys up front, and they're missing a good running back. And the defense was terrible, man. They they allowed like almost 35 when when they played Pac-12 last year, so – I don't see enough to point to them to make me believe that they can get five or six. I would definitely go under uh, Arizona State. Staying in state, the Wildcats, man, I really kind of like what Jeff Fish is doing at Arizona. I drafted Jaden Delora in my quarterback draft. The over-unders, four and a half. Where do y'all land? Um, Let me see. Oh, I'm over. Barely. Beautiful. I'm going to be over. I like Jaden Delore a lot. I think he's a really good quarterback. I think they're they're getting better. Um, I like their head coach and Jed Fish. Um, so, I'm going to hit the over. Because I think Arizona is getting better. And I think they're a little sneaky team that you kind of don't want to sleep on. Um, I'm going to take the over. Um, I do worry with their defense. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me talk on offense first. So, most people don't know this, but they led the Pac-12 in yards per play last year in 7.3. 
So a lot of people don't realize that. They got eight guys coming back. You, you talked about Delora. He's really good. They got two really good receivers coming back for them. Um, they lost Singer to USC, of course, and and two starters uh, up front. But I think they have enough offensively. I just worry with their defense, you know, yeah. kind of how – how they're going to do just like the rest of Pac-12. I mean, but they were really terrible against the run last year. They allowed 6.6 and gave up nearly 37 a game. And they only have three guys coming back. So, yeah. That Johnny Nance and the DC over there is probably pulling his hair out. So, I'll take <laughs> I'll take that defense to be pretty bad. Um, but I'll go over just slightly. Just slightly. And I mean, they they have some winnable games to get to the over. And kind of like you were saying, Will, they're a sneaky team. I think this is the team that will sneak one, maybe two teams that they're really not supposed to, to be able to maybe, maybe reach their ceiling and maybe get a bowl out of this season. Man, this next team and one of our last teams is probably – the most talked about team in the Pac-12. Yeah, the most anticipated team, the Colorado Buffaloes with Deion Sanders coming in there first year, flipping the roster over under three and a half schedule. One word, gauntlet. Absolute <laughs> not, brutal. Yeah. They they could start 0-5. I truly believe they could start 0-5. But man, it's it's super super tough. They just flipped so much, and that's just too much to overturn in one year. And I mean, them winning three games would be a successful season from what has been Colorado in the past. So I'm going under just off a of principle. You aren't supposed to be able to flip a roster like this and hit the over. So I'm going under because of the roster and the schedule. Well, dude, they only got 12 players from last year returning. So Which this is a complete, complete flip. It's going to be a totally new team. Um, it'll be interesting to see Sanders as he plays quarterback. You know, this isn't the swag anymore. This is the Pac-12. Um, I know the defenses aren't tough, but they are better than where you were playing. Um God, uh, this one is tough, man, because I do think they brought in some talent. They brought in a really good defense coordinator in Charles Kelly. He was a former defense coordinator at Florida State. He's been at Bama for a while as a safeties coach. Um, they will play aggressive on defense. They will yes. man up, and they will bring the house. And they got some DBs that can cover you. Two two guys out wide, two of the best. Uh, Travis Hunter, they got a freshman. Um, we, everybody thought the Gators were going to get them. Cody, tell me, tell me his name. I forgot it. Cause I wanted to black him out. Poor Monty McClain. Yeah. I don't even want to know his name to be honest with you. <laughs> well, I, uh, just kind of putting this out there. He, he wanted to come back and we pushed away at the end. So he kind of seemed yeah. like a turd. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they didn't want him anymore. Uh, I'm going to be playing an up-tempo offense. I think that's something that can help them a little bit. Um, what's going to be interesting to me about this team, um, I know we're kind of talking about wins and stuff, but how are they going to use Travis Hunter? Uh, they want to use him at all three phases of the game. They will 100% but, be using him at all three phases of the game. He's too like good, He's way too good to keep off the field, and especially with the talent that's on that roster, they're going to have to. 
But in some of these games at like USC, Utah, Oregon, Oregon, like, are you going to use him to like that much if they're like beating you by three touchdowns? Or would you rather save his legs for games that you're going to be in Colorado State, Arizona State, Stanford, uh, Arizona? You know, like, are they going to help save his legs for those games? Um, I think this team's going to be a little better than everybody thinks. But I'm going to go the under with three wins. But really close to getting four. I do think they're close to getting four, but it's going to be three wins. So I'll try not to take too much time on them, but I I do find this team extremely interesting. Obviously, Dion goes over there, so everybody's looking at him. But biggest thing for me is, well, one to know is Dion's playing with house money, dude. They, they won one game last year. So if he wins yeah. three games, they already think he's, he's oh, the yeah. greatest thing ever, right? Um, this is the hardest line in the Pac-12 for me because y- you talked about how new this team is. We have no idea what they're going to look like. I think for me personally, it's hard to determine how all of these personalities are going to clash because mm-hmm. he's getting so many kids that were buried on the depth chart or guys that, you know, to other teams didn't want that maybe had time. Are they going to, you know, kind of walk the line like Dion wants? How's his son going to play? Is he going to, you know, kind of do certain things with him differently? Is Sean Lewis calling the plays? Do we know that? I, there's a lot of freaking question marks with him. And then last year, if you look at the defense, we don't know what they're going to have, but they gave up 45 last year, dude. So it's, uh, yeah, they gave up 45. Oh they gave up 45.1 in, in Pac-12. Yeah, so oh I get that God. it's a brand new team, and I'm not saying they're going to give up 45. I just think, you know, you mentioned all the new people. Can they mesh, Amen. man? Can can those Money McLeans, can can they figure it out quickly? I want to hey. go over with them, though, just because, yeah. And when things ain't going well, kids like that do not handle situations that have been winning their whole life in high school. They don't mm-hmm. handle situations mm-hmm. like that very well. Oh, yeah. So, and I- I how just wonder are, how, that, how that's going to affect. Stuff, how man. is he going to deal with the personalities like that? Because I mean, dude, the, the whole off season they've been preaching they're going to win. They're going to win. Yeah, and I get like you can, you know, preach them how you're going to win. You're going to win, and then when things aren't going the way you think they should, and you're one and four, what are you going to do to yeah. get the troops up? You know, and like I said, man, you. Yes, this this isn't the biggest job in America for Deion Sanders, but you are facing some really talented teams, man. And oh yeah, I think when you totally. when you put it all together, like any any Florida State fan that you talk to, obviously they're going to say, "Oh, well, those guys suck. That's why they went over there." And yeah, some of those were buried, but for to have that many guys, man, to try to say, "Okay, let's just flip a switch," it's going to be tough. I think they're the most interesting team in the Pac-12. They're going to be fun to watch. For sure. And last but not least, the poor Stanford Cardinals could maybe be the worst team in Power 5 football this year. Over under. Go ahead and say mine. Under, they're terrible. There you go. I'm done. (laughs) Over, under, they're terrible. Two and a half. I mean, they beat Notre Dame last year. They beat Notre Dame last year. Dude, I don't care. Two and a half. They would have played Notre Dame again. Notre Dame would have killed them. 
I mean, they must beat Hawaii. They must beat Sacramento <laughs> State. And I think and I think they'll upset one person just because it's the Pac twelve and it's gonna be Ooh. a madhouse of a conference. I mean, the, there one. there ain't no skill in I mean that that the, the, they could beat Colorado, that they could beat Cal, yeah. they could beat Arizona. Uh, I think nah. I think it'd either be Colorado or Washington State. That would be the two. Yeah, I would. Look I at mean, beating. I mean, but I, I think Troy Taylor coming in from Sacramento State. I think he'll bring a kind of new energy to the program, a real upbeat guy with a real upbeat offense, and I think he'll kind of like breathe a little breath of new life into the Cardinals. So give me the over two and a half. I would not bet a penny on it, but give me the over with the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going to take the over two, Gus. I, I wouldn't bet on it either. But, you know, you get a new to- yeah. uh, coach in there like you, like you talked about, Troy Taylor. How is he going to kind of reamp them and, and get them motivated? You know, they, they lost the quarterback to the NFL, Tanner McKee. Um they got a good running back. I mean, EJ Smith isn't bad. They got a decent tight end. Um, they have a few weapons. Um, this is another one of those. It's like, how bad is the defense going to be though? Because last year in the PAC 12, man, PAC 12 games, they gave up 36.3. So how can Bobby April, you know, fix that for them? It's going to be, it's going to be hectic, but I'm, I'm with you Gus. I think just the new life because, because, you know, it's been so long since they've had a new coach. I think maybe you find a way to motivate them guys and slip up on somebody and then beat a couple of teams that you're supposed to. So just barely, I'm going to take those. It, it ain't going to be no couple teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say, I think Virginia is worse than them, them though. Yeah. There's yeah. only two teams on their schedule besides those two other non conference that they, I Good. think, have a chance. Yeah. yeah. That's it. All you got to do is split them. Split them. Split them, and you just have to hit three. You just got to get three wins. Yeah. Hawaii upsets them. That would be funny. Oh, then there ain't no shot. They're going over two and a half then. I mean, the, the, that's why I said. Hawaii's going to be terrible, dude. That's why I said. It's going to be like a so terrible matchup. That game's going to be played like on the History Channel. <laughs> well, well, it says – CBS Sports Network that might have about <laughs> ten people watching it. <laughs> the coaching staff's wives, <laughs> and and then half of them will be asleep watching it because it's an eleven yeah. p.m. Eastern kickoff. That's going to end at like three o'clock in the morning. Disgusting, yeah, absolutely disgusting. But man, I love talking football with y'all. I'm excited to watch the Pac-12 this this season, kind, kind of like we have already spoke on. Man, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. And kind of like I said at the start of the show, subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can, you can catch us on TikTok, Instagram. Share the feed on Facebook so we can kind of grow and we can get this ball rolling. Guys, I've had a great night. Any last words before we sign off? No, nah, man, we're getting closer. Media days are next week. Oh, yeah. Camp opens up July 31st for a lot of teams. Uh, man, we are so close. 
a little two months now. So it'll yeah, be here before we know it. I think it's about 40, almost below 40 days until week zero. So, I mean. Be six weeks to week zero this Saturday. I think it is. So I love the sound of that. Cody, any last words? Yeah, man. I just want to say I appreciate it. And it's always fun breaking this stuff down and looking forward to it. We, we got some good ones coming up next. So Some good ones. And I heard it through the grapevine out that we might be going two nights a week because there's so much to break down and so little time to do it. So you can always catch us live on Facebook and YouTube. We are the College Football Experience. This is the College Football Experience. Thank you all for tuning in and have a good night. Peace.